G'day. Welcome to SEO Success Stories. My name is Russ McCumber, and every two weeks we talk search engine optimization with the world's leading SEO practitioners. We interview a mix of in-house SEO leads from the world's biggest brands and SEO thought leaders, many from leading search technology brands, plus the world's foremost SEO educators. They'll all be lifting the hood on their own SEO journey, as well as sharing the tips and tricks behind how the best and brightest minds in SEO go about their trade of dominating the SERP. SEO nerds, this one's for you. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of SEO Success Stories. Today, I have got Barry Schwartz. He is editor at Search Engine Land. G'day, Barry. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. No worries. Really great to have you here. I'm going to ask you a question in a moment. Before I do, just a, a quick little summary for those. You've heard the opener. You know what we do here. We're here every two weeks. Usually, we've got practitioners. Today, I guess, is a little bit different. So I would, I reckon like 100% of our listeners would have come across Search Engine Land, and I'm sure a big chunk of them are, are really regular readers and really regularly engage with the content. I know for us within our agency and in all my time in digital marketing, search engine land articles are just something that have always been shared internally. It used to be via Google chat, little met, the little messenger thing, and then obviously via Slack over the last sort of seven or eight years. So super keen to, to have you on and to pick your brain and find out a bit more about yourself, how you got into this, and then search engine land itself. And then we'll see where the conversation takes us. But one question, what do you think is going to be the biggest story in SEO this year, 2023. Yeah, so 2023, it's all going to be about AI. Like you saw with ChatGPT, so you're seeing it right now with Bing AI's new experience with their new chat experience. And Google, Keys Barn, and all the other search engines that are going into the space. I think the year, it's the year of AI and search. Yep, yep, agreed, agreed. I don't think there's much, much arguing that. Cool. Alrighty. So I'd love to find out a bit more about yourself and I'd love for our listeners to find out a bit more about Barry Schwartz. So we know you're, you're the editor, long time editor. How long have you been in charge there of the content? Since it started, I guess, I don't know how old, I guess 15 plus years I've been working with. So the history, I guess I can go back a little bit. So I started blogging about how search engines and SEO and all search marketing in 2003 at Search Engine Roundtable, like my Site that I only write at, and then Danny, I joined Danny Sullivan while he was at Search Engine Watch, which was his first site. Then we all left. Well, mo most a lot of us left Search Engine Watch when it got acquired by some company and started our own new site called Search Engine Land and the XMX conferences. Danny, several years ago, left Search Engine Land and, and the conferences and went to work for the devil. I'm joking. He went to work for Google, and. I and I'm still I'm like one of the few still at the company writing about search. My you know, it's hard to pull. The, I, I just I'm so passionate about search. I love writing about. It. I think I've written over forty thousand stories across wow. the past twenty years on on search. So, on so content span. What did your what was your initial background like? So two thousand three, you started writing about search. What well, I mean, yeah. What was your initial background? How did you get fascinated with this space? Yeah, so definitely not a journalist. I never took any you know, journalism club courses. I went to school, a business school called Baruch College of City University, and mostly kind of specialized somewhat in marketing and statistics. Okay. And I just obviously I have my own company called Rusty Brick. We do software development. In the early days of software development, it was mostly around building websites that did really cool stuff. 
Now it's more backend mobile applications. So we do a lot of software to make companies more efficient on online, either using web and mobile technologies. But back then it was, you had lots of front end facing stuff. So I had a client come to me like, you built this website, how can you get a traffic? And I'm like, oh, let me go check out Ask Jeeves or, you know, Excite or, you know, the old search engines. And I found this, all these communities online around with like, they weren't even called SEOs. They were just basically people trying to get their websites ranking really high in search. And back then it was just super easy. It was like, do a lot of, you know, tech keyword density, paste a lot of keywords, do a little bit of, and later on a little bit of link spam and you can have really good rankings. I was just really fascinated by the SEO community and how people were looking at search engines and how search engines were rapidly changing mm. to make their results more relevant and less spammy. And I decided just to basically keep a log of what the search community is doing, how they're optimizing for search, how Google and Microsoft and Yahoo and HGs were changing. Yeah. So I just became hooked. I have it stopped really. That's so cool. That's so cool. At what point, I don't want to jump too far ahead. What, what is that? That's 2000. Is that, that's the early 2000s before you're at search engine Roundtable. Is that right? Well, search engine Roundtable is where I first started writing. That was in 2003. Okay. Um, Got you. Rusty Brick is when I was in actually high school, we started, my brother and I, I'm a twin brother. We started our, our web development company, Rusty Brick in 1994, I guess. And we were high school and college, but I started being fascinated with search engines probably in 2001. Had, was part of all the communities. And then in 2003, I started like, writing about it or blogging. So how much of your conversation back then, so you talked about Yahoo, Google being, how much of the conversation back then was Google? Like what percentage of the conversation do you reckon? It was, I mean, 2003 already, it was becoming, you know, I think 2000 was like the pivotal march for Google and started to get more market share. By 2003, it was literally 60% market share. Gotcha. Cool. And it's interesting, like when you talk about like the, the tactics that you do, I've spoken to a few SEOs who've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, if I asked them, oh, so what, what's some of the black hatty stuff you did? Because back then it was just, it wasn't any type of hat. It was just how your website got ranked. I remember like working for an experiential events agency. And when I was working on content at one point, because I used to write a lot of content, it was, it was literally like keyword stuff in white copy on white background. Like, and that wasn't seen as, it was just, that's how you rank. That's how you get there. So it's interesting to hear you talk about like just quite openly, because that's just how, how it was done. Yeah. I mean, again, there was no rules back then. The search engines were more focused on like what, how much content can we index as fast as possible? You know, cause there wasn't much content out there either. So competition wasn't hard and it was super easy. And because then you can make a lot of money really quickly until the search engine spotted you and go ahead and press that red button and you got delisted and then you did it all over again with a new, a new domain. It was fun, wild, wild west times, basically the wild west of the internet. Yep. What's one of the wildest things you've seen either you actioned or you, you, you heard about someone doing the, to be able to get ranked of, of that sort of ilk? I mean, the worst stuff was, you know, having these spammers basically try to rank for like Disney cartoons and then show porn sites. Oh, Your kids get it. That was like really bad. Porn sites would generate so much money. So if you wanted to rank for a very high end keyword, like something very PG and a lot of people search for it. And then you directed people to a porn site that would generate money. And it was, it was evil stuff. I mean, now, you know, later on, it became more of a hacking websites, like literally going to websites, hacking them, injecting content and links, stolen malware, people's computers. I mean, that's the darkest, darkest of SEO, which, you know, you, you know, I mean, go search engines are really good now. Really? Yeah. Good. Yeah, for sure. So tell us about the early beginnings of the website. So a search engine land starts, there's yourself and who else is involved at that point? 
All right. So yeah, we left surgery to watch. I think earlier, obviously, it was Danny Sullivan and Chris Elwell. Chris Elwell was the business guy. Danny Sullivan was the co-owners. I think, I think Chris Sherman came over right away. Maybe he came over several months later after his non-compete or something. Mm-hmm. Also, Greg Sterling. I'm probably going to miss names and get in trouble. But I think early on, it was like a bunch of the last names spelled in terms of the editors. So Sullivan, Sherman, Schwartz. Those were like, the, I think, the main people that came over right away. And there were probably some other ones. But we pretty much covered a lot of the search stuff early on. When did search? I don't know what year search engine land was started. Maybe 2006 or so, 2005. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what was the initial mission? So what, 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 why did you, how did you see this as being different to search engine watch? Like what were you guys wanting to, to bring to the community? I don't know if it was much different from search engine watch. I think it was pretty much similar. It's just the making sure to give a perspective of how search changing, what's new search features coming out, how, what, how, why it matters to the search marketers, PPCers, as well as SEOers. So it was really about really pre- presenting the most recent and useful content as fast as possible to people. And it was the news side, which I was on mostly on the news side. And it was also the contributor side, which is more around showing tips and strategies and techniques to go ahead and get rankings. So, and the site still worked that way. I think, you know, Search Land still has the contributor side and their news side. I'm more on the news side where I'm breaking stuff as fast as possible. Cool. I'd love to hear about some of the big, like some of the big news that you broke, like early days, what were some of the biggest news stories on the site? The ones that drove, drove the much tra- most traffic and really helped put stamp search engine land as, as a place for SEOs and PPC specialists. I, I think the biggest stories were like when Google released new features, like big features that changed. So I think universal search was one of those features where Google, instead of having 10 blue links, they would bring in the local result, they'd bring in the video result. They would bring like stuff you would do today. It's like, oh, search didn't have that. And search, search in the early days didn't have anything but 10 blue links to get video results. You had to click on a video link and it would show you 10 video. So that really was probably one of the biggest significant changes in search. It was like 2007, 2006. I even like got on Brian Williams NBC before his scandal to get a four second clip about when universal search launched. So that was probably one of the bigger news stories, but there's lots. I mean, many of the Google spam updates, like, you know, the the Panda updates are always very big, the Mm. the Penguin updates, the the various, all the different Google updates Google did to go ahead and combat spammers and and people. So that, those were always big stories back in the old days. Yep. Yes. But I like having been through those and been through Panda and Penguin and, and seeing some huge impacts on, on businesses. How, like, how important a role do you think something like Search Engine Land played in educating the community and helping SEOs, like, figure out a better way or a different way to, to do this? It's, it's a funny question to ask. I, I hope, I always wished it would have an impact in making people's lives easier and kind of drive the community forward and thinking about the right thing versus, like, trying to, like, take the shortcuts. But even today, I read stuff that people publish and I'm like, what have, what have, what have I been doing the past 20 years where... People are spewing this misinformation and really wasting people's time. You know, they share tactics from ages ago and convinced that it works and that it can be safe. And sometimes I'm like, I feel like I wasted the past 20 years of my life. But ultimately <laughs> that's, you know, mo- most you know, people who are professionals who read this stuff uh, tend to move forward with it. And I think it, it's good to see the community where it is now. It's a, it's a really good spot where, you know, big companies, massive Massive Fortune 500 companies have not just one SEO, but teams of SEOs with, with vice president level statuses on it, vice president of search marketing or vice president of organic search. And it's great to see the SEO industry evolve into something that is really, really interesting. 
Yeah, for sure. Jess, if, having come from like, like you said, like at the start, you've like got a marketing and a stats background, you're building websites and there's no such thing as a, like an SEO isn't a thing. Like it's just people who, oh, there's this search engine. You want your website found? Well, there's a bunch of search engines. How can you get it found? It was pretty much hacking. You were, you were hacking your way in. And just, yeah. It was good money. I'm not going to lie. It was really good money, but at the same time, it wasn't, it was like a hacking thing. Nobody knew what you did. It was something you did in a dark world. You could see what you're doing. But that's in any little community. We went to some little events behind the scenes and yeah, and your online communities and everything was pretty much quiet. Totally. But like I hear you as well, like on the, like to go from hacking to go from, okay, SEO is a thing, but it's still like, I I really feel like only in the last sort of five or six years that SEOs have been brought more into the whole marketing team, like rather than just sitting in the silo on their own. Because I, I know a lot of, like my experience with really good SEOs in the past has been, you know, the dude who sits with their headphones on and they don't want to talk to anyone they're you know their head's buried in code and like nowadays like the you know the you've got the more forward-thinking teams where seo is working you know really across content and product and brand and everything else and where your soft skills have had to become so much more important because seo does touch on so many other different parts of the business like is that something that has been interesting to watch evolve over time yeah i mean it's always been like the debate even in the early days called king content king or is our links king and that's kind of like the debate there's obviously different segments of seo like content marketing really great content development link building which kind of go hand in hand you build great content against links but it used to be in the old day you didn't have to build good content together so just there were ways around that and now that doesn't work there's technical seo making sure your website's built in a way that it's super search user friendly. There's like advanced technical SEO where you build a website in like some weird React platform and you have to go ahead and get, get back indexed. There's then vertical techniques like news, publishing, optimization. There's video, there's short video like TikTok and YouTube shorts. So there's all these different types of specializations around SEO, both from the technical front, from a vertical narrative, from a paid marketing side. So yeah, the industry has definitely matured significantly over the years where you have, and you have like the high level people as well. So mm. there's lots of opportunity there. And, and I think it's really great to see, like I said before. Yeah, it is. It is. And then in terms of like, so let's say the last sort of five to six years, what have been the biggest, I'm really curious, like the, the biggest stories, the biggest news that's, that's really hit hard in the community and traffic on the site. So, I mean, Russell recently, in the past month, it's been around AI search. So the Google Bard announcement, the Bing AI chat, the chat GPT. I mean, those were massive stories. I think the Google Bard story alone was probably one of our big, busiest stories in probably the past five years in terms of traffic. I think I haven't looked it up. I just think it was really massive. So those were like the big stories in terms of those types of content, but also like, all, especially on searching the round table, I cover a lot of these like behind the scenes. Is Google doing an update? We see something going on. Google, you know, and then Google maybe confirms an update later. Those types of things help people. Like if somebody gets hit by a spam update or somebody gets, see their rankings drop by like three, four or five positions or goes to the second page. If they could say, I'm not alone and other websites on the internet actually got hit by this Google update, even if Google did not confirm it, that helps a lot of people say, all right, I'm not alone. What are these other people doing? What types of websites are they? So I cover more of that on the search roundtable round table where I'm covering like, you know, how does Google search the rankings change, who's hand and so forth. So just for the past, I don't know when this is being aired or if it's live or whatever, but for the past few weeks, like mid-January to mid-February, I noticed several Google updates that Google would not confirm. And then just yesterday on February 21st, Google confirmed a Google product reviews update. And it seems like it's related. Google will never think it's related. Google's like, nope, you didn't want, but I really do think this case, not always, but this case, there was definitely 
Google testing something and we saw this coming and that helps people kind of, kind of somewhat, you know, get, get, you know, brace themselves for winter. As we so it's always fun to cover those types of things. It's interesting too, like what Google says and what actually has occurred, there's often not a lot of alignment there. So if you're trying to get like, I guess yourself, if you're trying to get good copy, good quotes, you're probably not getting a lot from them very often, are you? It, it depends. So it's changed over the years and it changes every several months or so. Google, Google sometimes very transparent saying, no, there was no update. I'm sorry. That's a comment. You can say there is no update or yes, there was an update or we missed, forgot to tell you about an update. But sometimes it just won't respond, period. Obviously now with the Google layoffs, maybe things are a little bit slower now. I'm not sure, but there's always something going on, something changing at Google in terms of who makes the decisions of what Google's going to talk about, how transparent they are. The truth is, in my opinion, it's a lose-lose situation for Google. They, sh they should never talk. And the more they talk, the, the more we feel like they're not being transparent because they give us a little piece of this is what we did here. And then people have 400 questions on top of that. So one question led to another 400 questions. And I feel like it's just a lose-lose situation. Google ever hired me, I'd be like, don't talk at all. But, yeah. And that would be bad, in my opinion, for at least personally. Yeah. How, we've, we've talked a lot about SEO. What In terms of like SEO versus PPC on the site, like what's the, the mix like in terms of audience and content? Is it an even split or is it more lean one way? I've, I've, must admit, I've always thought of it more around SEO. I, I think, I don't know the numbers per se. I do think SEO content related, more SEO focused content does get more traffic because I think PPC is just a lot more like you pay get the traffic and it's obviously not that simple anymore. It's a lot of complicated stuff with all the, you know, stuff that's going on with performance max and stuff like that. But there's a lot of paid related topics that get a lot of traffic. But I think overall, even with the conference, next the next conference, it tends to more people tend to go to the SEO panels a little bit more, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's like 60%, 40%, but also the SEO has this kind of like, there's, you don't know everything about it. And there's this like mystical, like what's going on and people want, it's kind of cooler, I guess, in that sense. And kind of people like want to like figure out what's going on there. So I guess that's the thing with that. Like I've presented on SEO and on PPC and I guess it depends on the audience, but SEO, like there is a lot of, it depends and here's a theory and here's, you know, here's what the experiments and the data are telling us. Whereas PPC, yes, obviously it's more complex than just paying for a click, but there is that direct response to the click, you know, so there's a more linear straight line to, to the action in most points, which makes it, I guess, less, less to talk about potentially or less theory to talk about potentially. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is you have like SEOs writing blog posts all the time and they're like, they can argue that like core vitals is crazy important for rankings and somebody else like core vitals and nothing at all. And it doesn't make an impact at all. And then Google's like, you know, basically Google could have given a statement and Google could even say it has, it has really little impact. People were like, well, in this specific situation, it will have a massive impact because people don't really trust whatever Google, people don't trust Google also. So it's like. Even if Google comes out with a statement, especially organic people, some person be like, I have this website that did this after I did that, even though that variable, you can't isolate. There's so many other variables when it comes to organic search that they could think that they made this change on this date, but really that had nothing to do with why their ratings jumped. And that's a lot of confusion. Everybody's an SEO expert. So, so that's, that's another issue. The thing with that too, like drawing the straight line between this happened and then this happened in SEO, just we had, we've got a, a fitness client we work with where we just, we just did reset some KPIs and our KPIs were around collections pages and increasing rankings in the collections pages over a 90 day period. Not really that important, but we got like two weeks into it and we beat the KPI because stuff that we did months ago, all of a sudden started to make movements. So we're like, okay, that probably wasn't the best KPI to say, we'll have to, you'll have to 
see how stable that is, but it's exactly that, like going, well, this happened and then this happened. You don't know, you know, it might've right. been something that happened two, three months ago. It could be something that happened on your competitor sites. Like there's a range of things. Right. hundred percent. I mean, nothing new there at all. It could be something that either competitors did bad or whatever, or Google, Google changed not even to the rankings. Maybe Google made a change to a surf feature. Like maybe a certain type of box came up and yeah. lowered everything down. Um, what was the, what was the conference you were talking about just a moment ago? SMX, Search Marketing Expo. So XMX. Okay. Tell me about that. Conference. It, it's an online conference. Right now, it used to be in person. It used to, it's the, it used to be one of the bigger, biggest SEO conference. You used to have it. XMX Advanced, XMX New York, East, XMX West. Yep. And then with COVID, we brought it all online. And right now, it's still virtual right now. But uh, we cover stuff across SEO and PPC, obviously. Uh, we, we cover a lot of the, the stuff in there. Well, I think last, the last XMX event we had, the guy who pretty much runs all of Google organic search, his name is, I can't pronounce his official name, but it goes under H.J. Kim. Um, and it was just a fascinating, we talked about the helpful content update and what it meant to him and why it's important. And a lot of that kind of plays into now when we're seeing with AI content. So it's super interesting to have that. And you could definitely, I think you still access that if you want an XMX. I think it's free to, to go. I think I could be wrong. So definitely check it out. Just Google XMX or XMX Advanced. Yep. Cool. We'll do. We'll do. We, we've spoken a lot about Google and we talked about how 2003, 2004, it was probably 60%, you know, of, of the SEO related stuff. At what point did it tip into, geez, everything we're writing about is Google. Do you reckon, do you reckon, at what point did the other search engines become almost irrelevant? It's, yeah, it's funny. I, I, I used to get that comment a lot in the past few years, like, do you ever write about the other community? I'm not so sure on table. I still have like categories from Yahoo and whatever. And it used to be just Google, 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 except for Microsoft advertising, the thing side was a lot of innovation going on there. But in terms of organic, it was pretty much just Google. And then now with the Bing AI chat, it feels like it's all right now just Bing, 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 Bing stories. And it's fun. It's really a lot of fun talking about something else. And I really hope we see stuff from Apple. I hope we see stuff from Yahoo. Jim Lanzone runs Yahoo and is the CEO now. And he's, there's hints that Yahoo is going to come bring back their own search engine, which is, would be a great, I would be very excited to cover more than just Google. I am envisioning, especially with, with, with this being the year of AI for SEO, that Bing is just going to be a much, much bigger part of the conversation. The, the interesting thing too is like Bing, do you know what the usage numbers are in, in the States like versus, versus Google? I, I had that number just recently. I mean, if anybody looks at their stats, it's like 95% Google. What's interesting though, is it's like in Australia where I'm from, it's actually much, it's even smaller again. Like it's, it's a fair bit smaller, but I wonder how that is going to, with just through curiosity and I guess through the accuracy of what these, these AI helpers can do, I wonder how that's going to impact this year. Do you see, do you think it'll grow like, and sustained growth? Everybody's asking the question, especially on the investor side. Um, and Microsoft's like, even if we get one or two points, that's huge because we're profitable right now. And if we could gain market share, even a point or two or 10, that'd be huge money for them. The question is, will it? I don't know. I'm, I keep going back to like the old days when Microsoft launched live search in like 2000, I don't know, six or something. And there was no Android. There were no, it was no cold browser. There was no, they didn't have the Chrome OS. It was literally Microsoft only operating system. They own internet Explorer, the browser. They own the whole internet. But yet, everybody still went to Google. They didn't go to live search. So, I mean, if, if Google, Bing can do something that's massively better than Google when it comes to search in terms of relevancy and answers, people might switch. But there's, a lot of, there's obviously a lot of stuff in Congress right now and Senate and so forth around anti-competitiveness and monopolistic practices. And the 
smarter people than I think that people can search. There's too much, Google has too much of a share on that stuff, which I think Microsoft had. And I'm not sure why, you know, I don't know why. Why, why can't people switch? I guess, again, you know, you have an Android phone, pay Apple billions, like billions and billions of dollars just to you know, default on iOS and, and, and Mac. So obviously there's, there's something there. So I don't know. That's more for like Congress and so forth to come, come and done. I just think that people are still very satisfied with Google and will that change with Bing's new A chat? I will come up with something cool. Mm. Everybody's been trying for the past 20 years. Yeah. It's been pretty. Yeah. Okay. But as you say, it, it is an interesting time, especially with AI. Hopefully some other players in the market, you know, it's certainly going to give SEOs a few more projects. To, to, to be working on do, do you we've talked a lot about website search engines but like in platform search like you know tiktok and the like is that anything that you you guys cover or anything that is of interest for for the community um i don't personally cover it much i it, it kind of like i feel like that's the way we're going with everything in terms of people are just being lazier lazier you know they're more visual they want an answer from somebody who's doing a dance on tiktok and on a, from an seo perspective i see the stuff published on TikTok, and I see the stuff published on these types of platforms, and it's just not accurate. And for one, it might be entertaining. Some people are like, I should get on TikTok. Nobody wants to look at me. Nobody wants to see me on TikTok. So people just are consuming this content. I know teenagers are getting all their answers, and high schoolers are getting all their answers on, on TikTok and not going to Google. I don't know. We'll see how Bing and Bard change all this type of stuff. With, are people going to be long? I'll get the answer, the full answer. I think still they're not going to want to read it. And somebody's going to have to come up with an AI that creates a TikTok video out of these types of answers. Otherwise, it's not going to get consumed. So I think it is a concern. It was a big, that was a big concern last year in 2022. TikTok is taking over Google. But it's, it's been interesting. It's, it's still the case. Nothing's really changed there. But well, I don't know. I guess ad revenue might be dropping for Google. And it's been a really tough year for them. But I think their last earnings report is the first time they actually showed decline in actual growth in terms of ad, ad revenue. Usually it's been, yeah, they're earning less and less, but now they actually have less revenue than the previous quarter. So that was a little bit of concern. And well, I mean, obviously there's lots of recessionary factors involved in that. People pull budgets. I don't know if it means that less people are doing searches, but we'll see. I guess, you know, it's very interesting times. We'll see. Cool, Barry. Well, thanks so much. It's been awesome to to hear about just your, your own journey and how you fell into this and and, you know, the successes of the site itself and the way it's been able to provide for the community. Really interesting to hear your thoughts on where things are going and the different platforms and obviously all the other stuff that's happening in Congress as well to, to impact what's happening. But what's the best way people, if anyone wants to connect with you or reach out to you, I guess, jump on Search Engine Land and, and see your thoughts, all that content you've written there. What else? How else can I connect? Yeah, it's hard to reach me probably through there. I mean, the, the fastest way to see me is go to rustybrook.com slash Barry. I'm very active on Twitter. So if you want to reach out to me there, I'm pretty, pretty reachable on Twitter at Rusty Brick. And then, yeah, read, read all the content in Searches Land, Searches Roundtable, subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. I make a weekly video if you guys like the video content in this face, which you probably don't. You could definitely listen to a 10-minute video of what happened in Search in the, past, in the past week or so. Very cool. Awesome, Barry. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. No worries. Okay, so that's been another episode of SEO Success Stories. Um, as I say every episode, we are... Very, very keen for your feedback, for your reviews. We are on an Apple Podcasts, iTunes reviews push at the moment. I think we're up to 60 or 70 reviews for a nice little podcast just for SEOs. You know, we're, we're trying to push into that 100 plus zone. So if you have enjoyed this content, 
If you've been a fan of Search Engine Land all these years and, and you enjoyed hearing Barry's perspective today, please jump on, mention the episode, give us five stars. That would be super amazing. We'd appreciate that. Again, Barry, thanks for your time. Thank you. And that is SEO Success Stories. Cheers, guys. 